a funny looking boat. No, it's not a boat, it's a hovercraft. Eh? It's a hovercraft. Floats on the air instead of the sea. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm too old for fairy no, tales. It's true, Jamie. A terrifying thing. It's like a sea monster. Oh, we should get a closer look, it's coming nearer. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't think I like the look of this. Let's go. Why? What's the matter? Come on, run. Don't no, 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 argue. Run. Come on. Come on. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast, talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about a second Doctor episode from 1967 called The Enemy of the World. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. This is an episode that's of note because just a little while ago it didn't exist. Um, we only got episode two and it was in 2013 where they revealed that they had found this episode, the whole story, complete, and uh, we got to see it on iTunes like literally minutes after they announced they had found it, although some of us knew that it had been found before that, but and uh, it came out on DVD and so it's a very exciting episode for me because of how it was it was one of those episodes when and it's hard to, for people to understand unless they're a classic Doctor Who fan maybe but you have written off this episode already I never thought I would see it and I had written off so many episodes and it's like we're never gonna see that episode I read the book um, maybe I had listen to some of the audio but um, <clears throat> for the most part it was just a lost story and the idea that we found it <clears throat> and I was so excited to, to watch it I'm wondering if some of that like like oh wow I wanted to see this so badly that when I started watching it I was skewing my review of it if it was one of those episodes that was just there already and we never had lost it would I have the same thought about it so that's sort of a prelude of what I'm thinking about this episode. So what do you guys think overall? I was thrilled that it was found. It was one of the ones that Philip Morris found. Yeah. And like everyone else, I watched it right away. But I didn't watch it all six episodes. I watched in bits and pieces. Yeah. What did you think of it, though, as a story? And I thought that? it was great. I thought it was It was great. different. Different. Okay. I, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I always damn with faint praise, but... um. It was it was interesting. I mean, it, you know, it suffered from a lot of the things I find with the older episodes. It could have been shorter. Yep. It didn't need to be six ep uh, episodes long. Um, but it really wasn't like much I'd ever seen before, especially from old Doctor Who. Um, you know, again, there was uh, some of my normal issues with the overacting, scenery-chewing kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and the sort of non-dimensional characters but it was there were fewer of those in this than than I've felt that there have been in other episodes you know the characters did seem more developed and more rounded than they have been in other old who episodes they had that new who that, episodes. they had that chef that just seemed the to chef be, was like comic relief yeah, yeah. And it was really odd because he was kind of stuck out as you don't see that too often in, in classic Who. I mean, maybe on and off you do. Like an eccentric character that's not the Doctor, that sort of is so minor. He's so minor. He's nothing to do with anything. He's just kind of in the corner going, oh, well, don't mind me. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, 
thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, just like when they're shooting in Eddie's kitchen. I know the food's that bad, <laughs> but you don't have to shoot me for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought the first episode was amazing because I'm literally watching this thing going, I, I don't think I have ever would have seen this. And when you watch classic Doctor Who and you see the episodes and you watch them again and again several times, you get used to it and then just all of a sudden say, guess what, here's one you haven't seen yet. And you're like watching something for the first time. It's not like I grew up with it, so it's not like I had seen it originally or I had years and years. It was years, but not many years. Just to see it for the first time in that first episode was just so kind of neat because the doctor's kind of being the second doctor. He just starts running off and jumps takes his the, clothes off. Jumps in the ocean. And it's just so, and it's typical of, of that doctor. And we don't know much about him because we've only seen a few stories, but to see this really adds a lot to his character. And the other two are the same way. They're both characters, are Victoria and Jamie, are from the past. So Jamie, or Victoria, is scared to death of the helicopter. She's like, what is that thing? And I thought that was really kind of neat that they kept doing that. What era is she supposed to be from? Victorian era. Yeah. Oh. Victoria, yeah. Victoria. <laughs> Well, I didn't know because she no, was dressed in modern or yeah, well, modern for the time. Her, her first story doesn't exist except for one one episode. Yeah, Evil so. of, Evil of Dogs, and that was a few episodes back. So they had, she had gone almost a full half season. Or she should have been sort <clears throat> of used to a helicopter type. Maybe I don't think she had ever seen a helicopter before. She might have seen something else, but and Jamie is <clears throat> from what, the Highlanders, like from, way back. Right? Yeah. But he had already traveled with a doctor for a couple seasons now, a few seasons. So. I seem to remember seeing him with, was he with William Hartnell? No, he was with the second doctor, but we did a story with, that when we did the two doctors, he was in the two doctors. That was Jamie in the second, the two doctors with the Centaurans. In the sixth doctor. Where you see Patrick Trout in the sixth doctor, and he was with a kilt. Do you remember that episode? No, I you don't. might have not watched I it. I might not have seen it. I thought he was in that one where with William Hartnell where they were in that sort of weird forest that you could tell wasn't really a forest. Oh, you mean the Mind Robber? The Atlanta Fiction? Maybe. Yeah, that was the second Doctor. Though. Second Doctor, yeah. Oh, was it? I thought that was William Hartnell. No, this one is different because there's no monsters in it. Yeah, this is from the monster season. This is the season that's considered to be the monster season with Cybermen, Ice Warriors, and Bombless Snowman. And it just was the standout episode. And so I think a lot of people never really looked at it that much. Before it was found, they just didn't consider it to be that good. And the audio, you can imagine, you probably had trouble getting through six episodes. Imagine just listening to it. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely dry. There's a lot of politics. It's a lot of like um, intrigue, which makes it interesting mm -hmm. rather than just have, ah, monster, run away. And that's why I thought maybe you might... You might have thought, I kind of guessed that you might have <coughs> thought it was more interesting than some of the others because it didn't try to, there were no really poor effects because you didn't have someone in a trash bag running around right. at you or anything. Um, and I thought, one of my biggest um, things is the salamander played by Patrick Troughton, the, the duplicate. I thought the whole thing, I mean, we've seen this a thousand times where people are, I thought that was really well done, and, and the Salamander character is creepy. He's really like, and at the He's time, really evil. And at the time this was coming out, the Master was still being played by, in, in the regular series, the Master was played by what's his name, 
running around going blah 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 and, and, and all the villains in Doctor Who, the regular series, the new series, were just so like over the top. And this guy at the end, especially when he's in the TARDIS, he's just like, yeah. And it's just like, it brought chills to me because I'm watching this and he's just so, like, he's about ready to take the TARDIS and he's, um, he's just, he's not loud, he's not noxious, he's just really low key and kind of more menacing than a villain who's just like yelling at the top of his lungs like yeah, he's really uh, manipulative mm -hmm. evil I mean he will kill to get his own way but I'm watching this and I'm like he has some good points there they're, they're, I mean overall I think he's a bad guy and they made him a bad guy but like like some of the series he's he looks like you know why like Jamie even said it why are they trying why is this guy just a bad guy? It looks like he's trying to help the world and stuff, and it seems like it, but overall we see that he has alternative motives. And those people in the underneath, what happened to them? They just disappeared, right? They just sort of... What, at the end? Yeah. I mean, no, uh, what's her name said that they're going to go... Astrid. Astrid said they're going to go back. There's another cave they can get down there to get them out. But I thought that was... Usually in the sh Doctor Who, you would see the aftermath where they're coming up to the surface for the first time or something. They seem to just drop that. It, it like they ran out of time. It was a very abrupt ending. I thought. I, I thought it could have gone on a little bit longer. It's like, are we talking about another ten more minutes of? You now the series just kind of usually does that. But those are little complaints there. Um, what else? Anything else on it? No, I just I thought it was really um, <laughs> interesting to see somebody trying to take over the world, <clears throat> given the current political climate, and uh, you know, just there was a lot of parallels to stuff that's going on now, including, I mean, manufactured climate change, but still, you know, climate change. He was manipulating the. Yeah, he was making earthquakes <coughs> and volcanoes. Yeah, events happen, and um, you know, he was a very manipulative person who either got loyalty by, you know, just people who believed in him, or he kind of blackmailed them into staying loyal. And everyone who questioned him when he brought him up to the surface, he killed. Right. Well, he's questioning me. Found me out. Oh, we'll bring him up to the surface, and he kills him. Yeah. It's like he, he like he's trying to poison that guy, and he, he's just like, okay, well, you don't need to poison that other guy here. Here's your drink now, and the guy's yeah. like, Whoa. <laughs> just kind of, kind of. I mean, there's some humor in it that just sort of uh, parroting governments and stuff like that that go out of their way to keep power and stuff. But I didn't. Uh, I did not suspect that Kent was also a bad guy. Mm -hmm. um, that really surprised me at the end. Yeah. I was like, whoa, he's in on the whole thing. Yeah, I think that, that even almost surprised me the second time around, because I've only seen this episode maybe, this might be the third time I've seen it, so it's not like something that's ingrained in my memory, so... Um, and I had forgotten, like, you don't see this too often in the classic series, the... the Waitress, not the waitress, but the servant girl there, the whatever food. she gets the killed. Chaser. Food chaser gets killed, and a lot of people got killed. Yeah, it's pretty a little more ruthless than normal, and that's. But, I mean, this era had a lot of death, but usually by Cybermen choking them and stuff like that. So this is <laughs> maybe more severe because it's more people killing people, and not 
as fantasy, not fantasy deaths, but more real, which I know there's some issues with censors on this one. I was reading up on, I think they, this episode didn't quite make it to some countries because it, they thought Australia it was too, probably. Maybe Australia, yeah. Even though, doesn't it, come, doesn't it take place in Australia? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> and it takes place, like, now. Because I think the, the, the calendar said 2018. 18, so it's like, date, <laughs> which I thought. I've forgotten about it. I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> they can travel by well, rocket <clears throat> to Europe in yeah. two hours. <laughs> but what was neat about this one, it was like different because they were going undercover. It was kind of like Cloak and Dagger. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a spy type. And it's, it was something totally different that they've never, up to that point, have not done before. Yeah. And they really haven't done since all that much. So it was... Well, it's been Duplicate Doctors. It's been Duplicate Doctors, but not... Like a spy type story. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the historicals sort of did stuff like that, where I'll go in and infiltrate Rom the Romans and stuff like that. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I, I think overall the story was paced fairly well. Again, it's a little long. It's six episodes. I noted um, there was some tough editing. I I, I can't remember the. A specific example, but to me that means that there's a couple of scenes where we cut to a different camera, and but someone's still talking, and I think that that happens when you watch these episodes because sometimes they mess up, and it's not a big mess up that they would redo it, but I think they did that a couple of times, and it might have been um, some quick editing at the end to try to get the story done or whatever, but um, but I was surprised. I, I you know, when I heard Enemy of the World was found, I'm like, oh, why couldn't that have been like um, yeah, Bottle Snowman yeah. or something with a, you know, more of a, a Bottle Snowman is one of those episodes that you think about, you know, and it's more of a classic that you think because it has this, the Yeti in it and stuff like that. But this is sort of that episode that people forget about. But I think a lot of people were very surprised. They all loved the first episode. They thought listening to the audio missed a lot of what, we ended up yeah, seeing the audio is, is so dull yeah. because there's not that much action that takes place. It's a lot of discussion, mm -hmm. and, and you and it doesn't convey well on the audio. Yeah. So um, I mentioned twist reveal. That must be what you said about Kent being yeah. the uh, yeah. Um, and then this episode ends with Salamander getting... Does he actually go out? Into the he gets blown out into the... Uh, yeah, okay, and then this leads right into Web of Fear, which we had seen... The Web, Web of Fear is another episode they found most of the episodes of, but we already had episode one. So we'd already seen... It, it leads right into that episode, because so, at the end of the episode, they're like almost... The TARDIS is out of control. And, it was and kind Jamie of, flies out. <laughs> That's not Jamie? No, it was Salamander. No, it was Salamander. Oh, I thought that was Jamie. Shit. <laughs> it's always that one person with a cell phone. It's an alarm, sorry. So, um, Salamander, that's how they get rid of Salamander. So in the next episode, they... They show how they close the TARDIS. Yeah, they close the TARDIS and they go, they kind of mention oh. Salamander or whatever. But it was kind of neat to finally see the re rest of that in sort of... What is funny is that Paul Cornell wrote a comic book for Titan Comics, mm -hmm. the, the, the ones that's out now, with the third Doctor. 
and all of a sudden the second doctor shows up, but happens to be Salamander. A salamander uh, flies through time, but ends up in the 1970s. Okay. And I thought that was kind of a neat twist, but it was kind of... I always thought it was kind of cheesy. Was he impersonating the doctor? Or? Yeah, he did. He impersonated okay. the doctor and ended up being Salamander. I'm like, oh, God. It was... Because yeah. the, the, the comic book was... It was a limited series for the third doctor. I said, oh, this is not bad. The master is in it, Delgado and all that. And I said, no, no, we just... Now they just made it more complicated. And yeah. But I was because I'm like, well, the younger fans who are reading this comic aren't going to know who Salamander is. So I'm just like... I thought that Patrick Trout was really good in this. He played this, uh, another character, and I thought he did a really good job of that. And Yeah, it really shows off his range. Yeah. You know, playing the bad guy and how evil he was. Yeah. And... Um, he also had that one moment where someone was breaking all the china in the the house there, and he's like, something like, you know, it's... it's People, they tend to make beautiful things only to have them get smashed. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really great line. So, anything else about this one? Nope. Okay. Thanks for listening.